0: Hello, movie lovers, and thank you for tuning in to the Movie Man of Georgia. This week, we're going to talk about the 2015 movie, The Reverend, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, a man versus wilderness with a side of revenge. So stay tuned. The Movie Man of Georgia show is about to begin. All right, so we are talking about The Revenant. Uh, 2015 movie that was put out by director Alejandro Gonzalez and Neratu. And uh, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, Dominic Hall Gresham, and Will Poulter. Now, this movie grossed $533 million. It also received three Academy Awards and was nominated for 12. So, it's a pretty big movie as far as the actors and as far as what it accomplished. And what we're going to do today is we're going to break this down a little bit, talk about what we like, what we don't like, as well as give you the summary like we usually do. So, today, the first thing we're going to talk about is the actors. Leonardo DiCaprio plays the main role in this movie. He's Hugh Glass. And if you don't know who Leonardo DiCaprio is, because you know maybe you've lived in a movie closet for a while or under a rock or something like that, because his name is very well known in movies. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is known for Titanic, DiGiorno, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Departed, who's got Gilbert's Grapes, um, and a few other... <laughs> Major movies that are out there. Tom Hardy is also a well-known name, a little bit not, a little bit under uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. However, because he's just kind of now coming into his own and now becoming a really big name, he's mainly known for Venom, as well as Mad Max: Fury Road, and for Capone. Domino, Domino Hall He's known as. Henry in the story and he's known for Peter Rabbit the uh, CGI version that they had both one and two he's known in that as he's mainly associated with Harry Potter uh, but he did play a role in X-Machina as well now Will Poulter he's uh known for Bridge as Bridger in this movie And he's known for being in We're We're the Millers, Maze Runner, and Chronicles of Narnia, Don Treader. Will Poulter, has not been in that many movies, so he's one of the least known out of the four actors that I just mentioned. Now, when we talk about this movie, Revenant, uh, the first thing you definitely need to uh, take into consideration when sitting down to watch this is that it is a long movie it is not one of these hour and a half almost two hour movies and it's not one of these movies where it's going to be packed full of action every single second of the movie that's going to keep you on the edge of your seat Uh, this is two and a half hour long movie uh, so you need to have the time allocated accordingly now what is this movie about? Uh, that's that's the second thing you need to take into consideration because if you're going to dedicate two hours and thirty six minutes to watching something, you need to know basically what the movie will tell you, what the movie is about. Well, this movie has three different transitions in it, and we're going to discuss these three different transitions today. But the general synopsis is that Hugh Glass, is a pelter with frontier men. They get pelts, and they're in the pelt trade. And Hugh Glass gets attacked by a grizzly bear. He gets betrayed by his men, and then he overcomes being attacked by the grizzly and seeks out revenge on the men who betrayed him. So there's three different things. Uh, It starts off with the story of the the Indian and frontiermen. a transitions to the grizzly bear attack, and then there's a transition to the. Revenge part of the story now before we get started on talking about these three different things, I want to get arts feedback as to how he liked the movie and to any. Uh, initial thoughts or feedback that he has for our listeners.
1: Uh, absolutely thank you very much what's up everybody welcome back as always thank you for joining us uh i for one am ecstatically happy to be here um this movie even for such as it is as doug mentioned it's uh as as all the hype around it surrounded even back when it was released as now that we have that ability to uh hindsight being 2020 and look back this is definitely um the movie at the time the buzz was this is finally leo dicaprio's chance to grab a statue and looking back, this movie is, it's, I mean, it's a very good film. Like, it deserves its, even on good old IMDb, it deserves its eight out of 10 rating to, to book and right to it, in my humble opinion. That said, it is, I want to say it's two and a half hours and change. It is a good ride. Like, it doesn't feel, um, too bogged down or anything like that, but just know that it's all given at its heart, it's also a, a survivalist story, like a survival movie, so to speak. Know that when uh, we mentioned things like this before with movies like this in the past, it's earned its rating for a very, very valid reason. And even alluding to everybody, even indirectly, knows about the now infamous, uh, we'll, we'll just leave it at the bear scene because spoiler free zone. But even that aside, this is a very beautifully shot, but a very grueling and a very brutal movie. Um, the story of the actual man, the story of Hugh Glass has gone through a number of revisions, probably in the last 200 years since it was first, uh, since it first happened, since the actual event first happened. There's first of all, of course, the true story, but which we could never really know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's fair to say that Glass himself either embellished or misremembered details. We've got a couple of various biographies. There's actually a novel and there's, there, believe it or not, there's an earlier movie just nowhere near as well known that came out in 1971 called Man in the Wilderness. Um, but it's also very less well known because it's never had a home video release, at least at the time that we're speaking about this now. Um, so having said all that, this is another, another one of those Hollywood pieces where, and I'll do, you can't see it, but I'll do my air quotes that it's, Based on a true story, uh, but keep in mind it's based on a true story. It's not absolutely a true story. So there's a lot of factors that go into the movie later. Are they completely historically accurate? No, but that doesn't take away from uh, the movie's enjoyment either. At least I don't think so.
0: Okay. Um, Since you brought up the historical inaccuracies, I was going to address that later, but we'll go ahead and address it now uh, for fluidity's sake. Uh, I believe that that is the biggest con of the movie as far as pros and cons. Now, some of the historical inaccuracies as they pertain to Hugh Glass and whether or not this is a true story or a true uh, reminiscence of what he went through. Uh, the, The main thing is there's no romantic interest recorded about Hugh Glass. And that means there's no recorded history of kids in his story. Now, this is a major, major, major conflict with this story, as I'm not giving anything away. It's within the first five minutes of the movie, you realize he has a love interest and he has a kid. Secondly, the Canadian and French portrayal in this movie is skewed tremendously if you look at american history and you look at the pelt trade and you look at how all of the characters and the frontiermen and the french and the mexicans and the native americans and the americans all acted all of them were equally as ruthless uh, the americans probably more so than the canadians and the french uh, And again, you can probably look at today and how the Canadians and the Americans and the French and everything act, and you'll see that it's it's the same. We are all pretty much equally as aggressive, the Canadians less so. Uh, Now, there's another part that is historically inaccurate, which is kind of humorous. It's just a little side thing. And it's when Fitzgerald is talking about the Texas Rangers in the movie. Him going down and being part of the Texas Rangers. Well, and that part of history, Texas wasn't even a part of America yet. Uh, it was a province of Mexico. So for him to go to Texas and join up would mean that he was going to either side up with the Mexican Army, which that wouldn't have happened in that time because, again, they were trying to establish territory. And or he joined up with an American army that doesn't exist. Again, Texas was a province not a state not part of America during the making of this movie. So those are some of the historical inaccuracies that I saw in the movie. Now since we're going ahead and talking about the pros and cons, I'm going to list another one of the cons in the movie. And I believe that this is the very beginning of the movie. Very beginning of the movie I believe should have been saved till later on because at the opening, it is very confusing when it transitions from kind of this dreamlike state over into the, this is now happening state. And granted you get what's happening later on in the movie, but I think for the intro to the movie, it's a bit confusing. What are your thoughts on this, Mark?
1: no i love that you said that it's such a great segue i i for me personally definitely for this film i think that aspect of it for 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 my side my two cents that for me is my biggest con of this film as great as ever is it handsomely made absolutely uh just like a couple episodes ago when we referenced the same idea this especially for this year when this when this film came out is one of the most beautifully uh shot so-called movies i'd ever seen at the time uh is it Brutal, but it's also compelling because that also yes, I think so. But the overall the storyline, if I can use the word, the narrative, I think narratively it's just a bit too simple, and I think that's why. To your point of placing this, like placing that scene way too early in the film, at least for my humble opinion, to use the phrase, I think that's why they chose to do that. I think that's why they did what they did to kind of counterbalance that. Um, I think it's going to be wary around this time of year. Even even when this film came out, not to be ironic, but it was right around this time of year uh, if memory serves and it's going to be wary. Cause of course, uh, you know, as those who love movies as much as I know, in what a couple of weeks from now, it's Oscar season. So because of that, there's always a tendency for all the major studios to release what they think are quote unquote Oscar worthy films. Uh, a lot of those like, like live up to that hype. Are they really good? Yeah. But there's a lot, I think there's a difference between a movie being just a good movie and a movie being truly Oscar worthy. And, uh, it's one of the, especially to your point for this beginning scene, the, especially the the old infamous bear scene, um, you know, that that aspect of the film is I think its strongest element. I mean, you've got the, the, it reminds me a lot of like, honestly, when we were in elementary school, like reading things for the first time, like the call of the wild and uh, and things like that. Like it's a very much the brutality, the fight for survival, the contrast of like us tiny human beings against the vastness and scariness of the landscape. Like, the, it's. I think it's the technical delivery of this film that really is a star, frankly, I dare say even more so than um, the actors themselves. But having said all that, that was a lot of context to build up to that. Having said all that, it's, um, do you know what I mean? Like, this, to me, this isn't one of those movies where you just, like, pop on in the background and grab a snack and pop it on for a Friday night. Like, this is, I love what you said in the beginning of this episode, like that fact is true, like it's two and a half hours and it literally is like it's a two and a, like it's a journey and you better be committed because you're definitely in for a ride.
0: Yes, um, I, I agree with that. It's definitely one of those movies that you have to commit to. Now we've mentioned some of the cons of this movie and we mentioned some of the, the the negative aspects if you want to call them negative aspects of the storytelling, but I do want to. St- To reiterate that this movie did receive three Academy Awards. Best Director, Best Cinematography, and Best Actor. uh, Best Actor being Leonardo DiCaprio. It was also nominated for a total of 12 Academy Awards. That's like an outrageous number when you think about that for Academy Awards. So this movie held its own. I mean, you can't dispute that this movie has held its own. Uh, with that many nominations and with the awards that were given. Now, some of the other things that I wanted to point out as far as the prose of this movie is that when the director, Alejandro González-Eratu, decided to make this movie, he sought out a linguist, and he's using authentic language for the Native Americans in this movie and for the French. It's not one of those... Uh, movies where you have real French dialogue, and then when you get to the Native Americans, you have weird grunting and groaning, and they just slap a subtitle down there. This is actually the language of the tribes that are being described in this movie, which is one major pro, in my opinion, for it. He tried to keep it as real and as authentic as he could. Uh, now, in an interview, he, the director, did state that he got a lot of backlash from people because of the because of the subtitles being used and because uh, they wanted it to be more of have the authentic tribesmen have the authentic look, have the authentic language, have everything one hundred percent authentic, and you're not representing the people one hundred percent if you're not putting in one hundred and ten percent of the budget into. Portraying the Native Americans and. I agree with his comments to where. Regardless of how much you put into something like this, whenever you have multiple races of people that are portrayed in a movie, there's always going to be somebody somewhere that thinks that their particular race or their particular tribe is not. Given the full credit. That's pretty much what his statement said, and he said we tried the best we could, and we did the best with what we had, and I think it's a big pro that he used an authentic linguistic uh, portrayal of these tribes. Now another thing that I consider to be a pro, some people might consider it to be a con, but I consider the mediated and moderated action of the movie be a pro and by that i mean you get some movies to where the action is so intense all the time that when you get to a, a little breathing room you're like <gasps> and then you go on to more action because it's so intense and yes that's good for some movies but those movies generally are not the kind that win oscars they're an academy awards and other accolades Those are generally the movies that you rent on DVD or go straight to DVD because they are so intense. People can't stand to watch them more than one time. The mediated and moderated action in this movie, I believe, is kind of like on a roller coaster. It builds you up to a certain point. You have a high level of action, then you drop down to where there's nothing happening. You kind of plateau for a little bit and it builds you up to another little bit of action. And then you go down again and you go up and down, up and down with the action until the very end where you had the climax of the story and the conclusion. Just like when you were in school and you're told how to write a story, you have a buildup, you have a climax, and then you have a conclusion. This movie has done well with building that up and drawing it out to where even though you're sitting here watching a two and a half hour movie, the time goes by quickly. Because you're being a part of the journey. You're being a part of the action as it takes place. And it's not like you're on the outside looking in, even though you are. It's more like you are engulfed in the action that's taking place. Now, the last pro that I see of this movie is the fact that they used a star-studded cast. Now, I'm not a big fan of movies just using stars just to use stars, but I am a fan of people using an appropriate level of big actors when they make a big movie. There's reasons why the big actors have a big name, and I agree with any film taking those actors and pairing them up with newer actors such as William Poulter, because, I mean, he's really not that big of a name, pairing them up to help bring up these new actors and give them a star status. Where I have problems with the star-studded cast is when you have so many actors that are that are grade A that they're fighting for position in the movie suffers. But this movie didn't do that. I mean, even though you have Tom Hardy in there, it doesn't seem like Tom Hardy and Leonardo DiCaprio are trying to fight for the number one role. Both of them seem to know their place in the script, and they've worked together, even though they're, one is the protagonist and one is the antagonist in this movie. So I believe those wrap up the pros and cons of this movie. But I'm going to turn it to Art and see if he has anything else that he remembers sticking in his head as being a pro or a
1: con no yeah I and some and sometimes with you and I at least and on the show it's rare that we uh we love that thing where we agree to disagree and keep it inter- interesting so to speak but this is one of those rare times at least for this film yeah there's there's nothing you said that I agree with you hundred percent yeah I think and I know I just mentioned it a little bit ago but I, but I, like I said I think the uh the most compelling thing for me about this movie is the and, and not the, and let me make it clear like you had mentioned um Leonardo DiCaprio got his statue, got his Oscar award for his performance for a very, very valid reason. If we do have a few out there in listener land who haven't seen this, once you see this, without a giant pun, this is going to sound, you'll absolutely see why. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to pull off a performance like this, but it's another thing entirely, especially with this kind of character and, and the, the historical basis around this kind of movie where 75% of his acting like there's no it's it's literally just physicality like there's no big long lines there's no this isn't a Quentin Tarantino film you know what I mean like uh, so it's very well deserved um you know like you said like all, all this kind of hype it has it has a hype for a reason um it's uh it's a big turn for for in, in his career uh absolutely uh, it's grip like this is one of those. Even from that intense scene in the first, what is it? The first 30 minutes or so, but it's one of those that kind of sets the tone. But once that grips you, like it, it's we've talked before about movies like this being a slow burn. But please, know I don't mean that. That's not not a negative aspect by any means. Like this is even though it's a slow burn, you're not going to want. I love what you said because it's true. We mentioned the runtime, and it is it a longer than usual movie. Yeah, but even with that said. It's you still have that feeling of like wow, that's it when the credits roll. Like, it it really doesn't feel, uh, at least in in the real world, so to speak, that as much time has elapsed as really has. And that speaks just to how well, uh, for lack of a better word, how much of a perfectionist the director is, but how much of that good part of that shines through in the film. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely one of those movies that you feel a part of. and it, again, it draws you in. Now, the last little bit that we're going to talk about, and I say a little bit, it might draw out to be a few minutes, is the three transitions of the movie. And we're going to discuss just a little bit of each one. The first is the beginning with the natives versus the frontier men. That's the first transition. And in that, you get the rated R rating. That's, that's where the majority of the rated R rating comes from. It's the beginning of the film. And you have a battle scene in there. I'm not giving anything away. You have battle scenes in here. And you have a graphic battle, but it's not overly bloody. That's what struck me. as I watched it a couple times just to make sure. You have violence. You have gore. To some extent, you have some gore. You have shock shots. But as far as like seeing blood gushing and guts pouring out and, uh, you know, like a Save a Private Ryan type thing where you have just the battle scene as the battle would be with blood, guts and gore and everything, you don't have that. Like Art said, this is not a Quentin Tarantino type movie, and this is not a Steven Spielberg realism type of movie. It's kind of like uh, in between on the road. So, the first part of this movie, you have the Native Americans and you have the frontiermen, and there's a real focus on establishing the frontiermen as being the outsiders, as them being them versus the wilderness, as it being we have to survive. This is the first part of the story. And I believe that the way in which they built this up might have been a little bit misleading for the viewer because at the beginning, you believe that this movie is going to be basically a uh, Native American versus frontier movie, which it is in a way, but for a major part, it's not. What are your thoughts on this, Art?
1: No, yeah, I, it's almost like... A, um uh what's the what's the side of hand the magician's trick in a way and I mean and again I mean that in the best of ways but honestly yeah there's a little bit of that going on if, if you base and that's why there's a whole side note we could do another episode we could do on my soapbox running how I feel about things like this but but as far as like if all you do is like go to to IMDB for instance and just do the what is it like a 45 second uh quote teaser trailer um there's a you know there's a, there's a reason why they do bits like that on purpose, that, that aspect of drawing you in at the time, the thing to, uh, to basically to get to spend our hard-earned cash on movie ticket and theater money to recoup their, their set costs. But that's, I love that you said that, because it's absolutely true. So is this a story of survival? Absolutely, yeah. But that's what I think is so um, almost genre-defining about this film, why, why it has now lived up to all the hype around it at the time is it's a it's a survival story but it's a survival story not just physically but like i would say mentally and emotionally as well and i think that's what uh that's what draws you in is is there's there's so much more levels to this i think there's a lot of, of quote the general public just kind of assumes even as far as y'all know, I love directors more than anything as well. Giant movie nerd for a reason. This director's movie that got him the hype to make this movie, if memory serves was Birdman. And essentially in Birdman, it was his, he did like a send up of Hollywood. So I think initially like, like without, without a sight unseen kind of thing, I think the public, so to speak, that mass cultural mindset just kind of assumed seeing, seeing the hype about this movie, that this would be his quote, send up to your point, they would basically be, uh, you know, Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, like a tongue-in-cheek send-up. Uh, see, I hesitate to say it, but almost like a Cowboys versus Indians kind of vibe, not knowing in a good way, but not knowing what they're really in for. And it's uh, it's just, it's, just it's, it's masterfully done to where I think I think especially with that, we we've been referencing that beginning thirty minutes, that first major turning point transition, because even that in itself kind of sucks you in and to bring everything somewhat full circle. Um, you know what it reminds me the most, like us personally always speaking to our beloved eighties childhood is that it honestly reminds me a little bit of the, if you remember those old school uh, choose your own adventure books where there's these three different layers going on and, and you can, it's like you, you, in the back of your mind like you think you quote know what's going to happen and without spoilers what you're is going to happen is absolutely not what happens but having said that it makes you want to see what is going to happen and it's like a snake eating its tail but it just it sucks you in like a vortex and it doesn't let go it's relentless
0: that is true very true um uh, now now the second transition of this movie since you already brought it up Happens about in the third first thirty minutes, and this is the bear attack. Now I'm not giving anything away. You see this on the trailer. Uh, you see this in anything that you look up on the Reverend. That there is a grizzly bear attack. Now mm-hmm. this is this is where I I have a little bit of problems believing what happened on the screen, and and the here's why is I did a little research on bears and so how a grizzly bear and how they attack and. Which you're dealing with here uh, and for him to be able to be attacked not just once but twice uh, pr- pretty much by the same bear and survive uh, with his would be a miracle in itself uh, because brown bears can weigh up to like six hundred pounds is what the internet told tells us anyway and that they can be up to six and a half feet tall when standing back and attacking. So, you're pretty much talking about being hit by a small car, uh, you know, 600 pounds that, you know, Volkswagen bug or something like that, but you're still being hit by a car. Now, imagine that car having four inch long claws on it that's ripping at you uh, and being sharp as razors and a bite that has a hundred and Uh, Sorry, 1,160 pounds of pressure on it. I mean, combine all those things together and your chances of survival are slim to none. Now, I know he survived because history tells us he survived. But I'm kind of pessimistic when it comes to he fought him off with his bare hands and he survived in the wilderness and you know, all that he had to show for it is a one gimp leg, you know, something to that effect. Uh, I believe that it was more to the line of there was a bear. It ran towards him. He shot it with the rifle. The bear might have gotten in a, a few licks on him that left him for dead. But uh, I don't believe that he was fully charged at, mauled at, the bear was on top of him, the bear got off of him, the bear gets on top of him again, the bear bites him, the bear rips at him, the bear, the bear gnaws him, he flings him around a little bit, comes back, does it again, and two days later, you're good to go. Um, again, that's a little bit of Hollywood there, uh, but it is entertaining. But that's the second transition, is the bear attack. Now, The third transition, and this is where I will say it is a spoiler-free zone, so I'm not going to give why revenge is solved. But Mm. the third transition of the story is the revenge and the inner drive to seek out justice for wrongdoing. So the third transition is he's so motivated by, re- by this revenge and this need for justice that he just overcomes any obstacle that comes in his way, whether that's the Native Americans, whether that's the wilderness, whether that's other people, whether that's even himself. He overcomes it in this third transition. And so, like I told you earlier, you have this third pl- peak and climax to the story. You have like these... Rises and falls and then the plateaus. Rises and falls and plateaus. The revenge is the last and final climb to the climax and conclusion. And I believe that with him doing that, it ties everything together. He kind of brings it to a nice conclusion and packages everything up nicely. uh, And and things make sense. Um, Does it take a long time to get there? Yes, it does. But does it do it in a well-crafted way and make it a beautiful story? Yes, it does as well. So that's all I really have as far as the transitions go for the story. I'm going to see if Art has anything to add as far as does he see anything that I missed in the story? What did he think about the transitions? And then we're going to get to our rating. So, Art, what did you think?
1: Hey, as far as I, <clears throat> thanks, thanks as always. And as far as uh, almost like my, my version of the other, the other end of the bookend, so to speak, the short version is no, I don't think so. I love that you kept referencing the uh, the idea of peaks and valleys and plateau one because it's a great obvious parallel to the uh, the physical natural imagery of this movie. But two, with the metaphor there, like you're right, like it's uh, when we say that, in, in that sense if I can, if I can speak for the show just for a bit, when we say that, please know it's like a. Uh, it's a deep breath, uh, like it allows you what you said earlier, like to kind of physically and mentally as the audience catch your breath. But also, please know it's like a deep breath before the next plunge as well. It's almost that same idea where it's like you have that two seconds of weightlessness before you hit the first drop on a roller coaster. So uh, it's, it's a very much needed thing, especially in a movie like this. Like the the movie itself is almost dreamlike a little bit. Uh, we mentioned it a lot, I know, but the cinematography for this film is just gorgeous. Um uh that i i can nerd out like cinema nerd out, going even going to avid dork detail about all the specific so some i should say some of the specific shots within the movie itself that we've kind of touched base on but to your point earlier even if i do that far with that this is a spoiler free zone so please know hopefully i made that verbally tantalizing enough for you to uh once you're done listening here to go check this movie out for yourself um this uh I know I think I think at the time at the at the year when this came out, I'm trying to go back in my and the old memory of Rolodex. but there were like another there's no ad list them all without the aid of like good old um G O G O E assistant. If I say it, my assistant will wake up and I'll ruin the whole thing. But with that, I wanna say there were like another four or five almost like man versus versus nature-esque movies that came out the year this came out as well. But this was the only one. I mean, now it's almost become like a uh Infamous, and I mean that in the best of ways. The, you know, the director chose, for, for those who maybe didn't know, and of course, this in itself isn't a spoiler, this is good old IMDb trivia. But this movie was shot on uh, location in the actual weather. Uh, very very notoriously now looking back, he only used natural light. Like there, there were no cozy studio scenes, all these wintry conditions. Like it wasn't like they were all on a green screen drinking coffee and it was all CGI. Um, he insisted to make this quite literally as real as possible. And that's why it's as effective as it is. Um, like, uh, the realism seeps into you. I'm like, like, even though I've seen this movie multiple times, every time I do, I, I've got to fight the urge to, like, go to my closet, put on a coat and hunker down in my seat while I'm watching because it, it just draws you in and makes you feel like you're really there, uh, which is a hard thing to do, especially in this day and age of everything being so CGI and technologically based speaks to just the, uh, the passion drive and then the talent, not just of the... Actors and the director, but of the like the tech side, of the cast and crew, like it. Uh, it's a well-oiled machine. It really is, and it's totally worth the watch.
0: I agree with you on that. It is very much worth the watch. Very much worth uh, the time invested. If you are a man versus nature type fan, then you will definitely like this movie. So, that is our overall uh, summary of this movie. Our other overall take of this movie. Uh, To conclude everything, at the end of each podcast, what we do is we give the movie a rating. Now, this rating is based on originality, the gross, the cinematography, and the overall enjoyment. Now, we can give it up to a five-star rating. We only have maybe one or two movies that have ever reached that status, if any, so far. So, I'm going to go first, and then Art will do his, uh, based upon what he thinks of the movie. For originality on this movie, I gave it a four out of five stars. And the reason for that is, as Art pointed out, there are several books that have been put out about Hugh Glass. There's even a movie before that was made about his story. And so it's not entirely original. Now, is it pushing the envelope for a five? Yes, it is, because it is very much something different. Uh, Not so much original, but something different. Gross, I give it a three. And the reason why is because it made $533 million, uh, which is quite a bit of money. But at the same time, it's kind of dwindled off as the years have gone by. Uh, And it's kind of becoming a movie that, yeah, I've heard of it, but it's not really holding the lifespan that some other movies have. So I give it about a three. I might be nice and give it a four on that. Uh, Three, four. Cinematography now that I give a five and again it's because of like Art said this movie was shot pretty much on location. If you want to put it that way with the elements, the camera angles are outstanding. The transitions are outstanding. The way in which the focus shifts from characters is done nicely uh, the music and everything that combines itself with the movie is great. So I give it a five. Enjoyment of this movie, I give it a four. And the reason why is I give it a four and not a five is because even though this is a Academy Award winning movie, and even though I enjoyed watching this movie from start to finish, this is not the kind of movie that you could sit down week after week and watch. Uh, it's it might be, in my opinion, a little bit too long. It might be a, if it had been condensed down a little bit, I could see this being a better movie. Uh, not to say that again, it's not an Academy Award-winning movie. I just think it might be a little bit more enjoyable if it was condensed down a bit. So that gives me four, four, five, and four. If you round that out, is it about a four-star rating? So for me. The Revenant gets four out of five
1: stars. Art? Excuse me. Sorry about that. I don't appreciate it. Yeah, my turn for my NCAA Final Four. I know hardly anything about sports, but even I know starting tomorrow is the old March Madness. That's not a shameless plug by any means. It's just stuck in my brain, so I had to get that trivia out of there uh box office for me for that side of it yeah i'm in agreement um and, and i love how you described it but you're absolutely right i would say the box office performance and and please know for, for both of us in that sense, 500 change million dollars is more money than I've ever seen physically in my life. But you got to keep in mind when we reference things like this and do these scores, that's never being sarcastic or flippant. It's we're, we're trying to do our best to stay that objective mindset of when you compare it to things like in the top five or 10 movies, even of this genre of all time. So just please bear with that in the back of your mind and keep that in mind as we do these ratings. Having said that with the box office, for me, honestly, probably, We'll give it a strong, like a 3.5. Like I, and I love how you said that because you're absolutely right. Like it's, did it perform well and, and earn what it did in Recoup? Yeah, but I think that's, that's the second for me biggest, for lack of a better word, um, con or flaw with this film itself, with all the good we've talked about, The Revenant and what it's accomplished. It's very much that. It's it's not a, uh, You know, this isn't it like I I don't I don't when I get home from like a long, stressful day, like stuff going on at home or stuff going on at work. It's not like when when I want to take a deep breath and grab soda and snacks and decompress. It's not like I'm like, hey, let me go pop on the revenant. You know what I mean? I think I think I had almost my own epiphany as you were speaking just now that the last little comparison I could do a great tongue from the planet in cheek subtitle for this film. I would dare say we could also call it the passion of the Leo uh, because much like Mel Gibson in 2004 and The Passion of the Christ, this is a very specifically done and specifically told, very historically accurate story. It's not just like a turn off your brain, ten-pole blockbuster action flick. Uh, originality, same originality, I think I, I'd give it a four um, for, for two reasons. Originality in terms of this within the context of the film itself and originality uh, behind the camera, in front of the camera especially given the context of the time of its release we've seen things no pun intended with this movie we as an audience have never seen before but back to that historical aspect because i have a big history nerd too it's what i went to the school for um as we mentioned you know the 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 quote real story and all the various incarnations of the story of hugh glass and what's happened has been told and retold over 200 plus years and there's only a so much fresh juice you can squeeze out of this lemon before it becomes dry Cinematography, absolutely agree with you that this sounds like we're pun intended beating a dead horse, but agree with you for sure. Cinematography, I would give a higher than a five if I could. This remains in my little in my little personal top five of one of the most like beautifully done, beautifully sculpted, beautifully shot films I've ever seen in my adult life. And please know as much as I adore all movies. I don't say that lightly by any stretch of the imagination. I I mean, I think back even now, having just rewatched it recently for the obviousness of this show. And even though it's like it's not the first time for me anymore by any means and knowing what's coming and knowing what's ahead. I still find myself just in all I kind of stop and catch my breath just at how eerie and haunting and just beautiful some of the shots are like one of those things where there's no way I can understand the technical skill they did to do what they did. I'm just extremely appreciative for it. Uh, and then that would lead me to overall enjoyment and much like we've talked about off the episode, but I'll still have to stand by it. Overall enjoyment. I never want to make it. It's, so please know, it's not that I didn't, did I enjoy this movie? Yeah. But the best way I could book in this is like what we mentioned this movie, the Revenant this at the end of the day, isn't for everyone. Technically speaking, if you go in simplistic terms and talk about the core genre of this movie, if I had to pigeonhole it, like be backed into a corner and said what the genre of this movie was it's more it's trying to be a western it's more It's like western meets man versus nature mix and it does that well but having said that uh this movie asks more from the audience than the average you know this isn't gremlins this isn't indiana jones this isn't a disney pixar movie like it's a emotional physical uh investment for lack of a better word but having said all that that sounds like it's up your alley uh, this is definitely one of the most memorable movies. Like once you see this, you'll never forget it.
0: Alright, so with all of your points and with all of my points, I totally up. it comes to a little bit over a four star rating. So I'm going to go ahead and say that let's give this a 4.5. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is because it is an uh, Academy Award winning film. So if you want to see this movie, Is on Amazon Prime. You can watch it for free. Or if you want to stream it, Voodoo uh, or Fandango or Google or any of those platforms where you can purchase movies, has this movie for sale or for rent. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in. Join us next time as we talk about the 2022 version of Scream. We look forward to talking to you and hearing from you uh, on our Facebook page. But this is the movie.